You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> Welcome to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. Once again, recording this one at the 730 The Game ESPN Charlotte Studios, but we usually record our pod at the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, Visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. If you'll remember, just last week, the Hornets announced they would be holding training camp September 25th through the 27th, and they'll also host the Boston Celtics in a preseason home game at the Dean E. Smith Center in Chapel Hill. And again, that one is on September 28th. We'll now head to the guest line with the person who helped coordinate and organize that trip to Chapel Hill, and that Senior Director of Event Presentation, Mr. Jason Simon. Jason, thanks so much for joining us today, man. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Walker. Yeah, we appreciate you joining us today, Jason. And I'm sure a lot of Hornets fans are also fans of the North Carolina Tar Heels. So I know a lot of people excited for training camp to be held in Chapel Hill, along with the preseason game against Boston. Jason, it's been more than a decade since Charlotte has last played at the Smith Center. Why is this year? Why was this year the right time to go back? You know, I feel like uh, we've gone to a lot of the major cities in North Carolina and South Carolina and just felt like it was time to go back to Chapel Hill. That's a great market, a uh, great atmosphere. The true basketball fans are really in that market. So it was, it was, just, it was long overdue, and um, we're excited to be back uh, in the Dean, Dean Smith Center. It's actually my first time producing a game there, so I'm really looking forward to uh, working with the building and, and getting to see those fans up close. Now, Jason, you have worked in and helped in coordinating and organizing games in a lot of other different cities and uh, coliseums and arenas. Greensboro Coliseum, I know you've gone to Greenville. There's quite a bit. Uh, Asheville, you've, gone, you've been to a bunch of cities uh, around North Carolina. But again, this is the first time you're even going back to the Triangle area since playing at Raleigh's PNC Arena in 2012. Do you want to start heading back to the Triangle area more frequently? Absolutely. I mean, I think we, we really try to, to um, touch a lot of different markets in the, in the North and South Carolina area to really give fans that don't get a chance to make it to Charlotte all that often uh, a chance to experience you know, the Hornets experience and, and the NBA basketball product. Um, but the, the Triangle area really just has, you know, truly passionate basketball fans and I think anytime we get a chance to kind of get in front of them it's always great to to be able to put on an an NBA event uh, for that group. Senior Director of Event Presentation Jason Simon for the Charlotte Hornets now joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Now Jason how long does it take to coordinate a preseason game such as the one in Chapel Hill? So we've uh, went out for a site visit as early as um, February to kind of go through and and I worked with our basketball ops staff, our communications team, our uh, IT and security to really make sure that everything was in place for, for what we needed. Um, and then we'll go down, back down again and really focus on the game itself. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that you don't necessarily think about that you need to um, go over to get a arena ready for an NBA basketball uh, game. So we will you know, make sure the courts line properly to NBA standards and safety security measures are met and locker rooms set up properly and all those kind of things that you don't really think about that really go into uh, producing an NBA game. Now, Jason, I know that one of your duties is to make sure that you replicate that experience like it would be at the Spectrum Center. So how in the world do you do that? I mean, a completely different venue, but you have to try to replicate that experience that you have at the Spectrum Center. 
Yeah, it's it's a fun challenge. It's like you said, it's it's different than being at the Spectrum Center, and we still hope that that fans that attend those preseason games get a chance to come down to Spectrum Center to see the full bells and whistles of everything we have here. But you know, we we bust down all of our um, entertainers from from Hugo to the Honeybees to our Swarm <laughs> Squad, and really do our best to kind of put on that Hornets experience. We. You know, one of our big things at any Hornets home game is is making the fans feel like they're a part of the show, um, and we take that mentality to our out of market games as well. And really, you know, not only have the fans watch a great basketball game, but also you know during breaks and halftime, really make sure they feel like they're they're part of the event themselves. Um, and this year's especially exciting too. It's it's our 30th anniversary, and this will be our first game. Um, to kind of start the season, so I can, you know, promise you that you'll see some 30th anniversary activations uh, in uh, Chapel Hill as well, which is exciting. That's going to be awesome. Again, I was talking to Pete Gwilly for the wake-up call the other day, and, and the Charlotte Hornets do such a good job of marketing everything. We were talking about the bobbleheads, Jason. The bobbleheads are fantastic. Always love those things, but again, such a good marketing job. Uh, Senior Director of Event Presentation, Jason Simon, joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Jason, would you say that trying to replicate that same experience at Spectrum Center is the biggest goal of your department? Absolutely. Um, for a lot of the folks that come to those games, it's their first experience with uh, the Hornets, seeing them live and maybe even seeing an NBA game. So we want to make sure that even though we may not have, you know, the big video board and some of the other pieces that we're accustomed to here at Spectrum Center, we're, you know, giving them the full show and we, you know, make sure that from all of our game day entertainers to part-time staff that everybody is is putting in the same kind of effort and excitement uh, that they would for a um, regular season Hornets game. And honestly, the preseason gives us the opportunity to have a little bit more fun. You know, we've got some less obligations as far as, um, you know, sponsored content so we can really kind of let loose a little bit and, and really have some fun with the crowd there. Jason, is it hard to get teams to agree to make a trip like the one Boston is making to Chapel Hill sometimes? You know, I, I can't really speak to that as much. That's that's more on our, our basketball ops side. But, you know, we make trips uh, to other markets um, that are not NBA arenas during the preseason. I think it's just a part of the NBA culture now. Right. I think all organizations understand that, you know, not everybody gets to come to your market. So being able to go out a couple hours outside and really provide that same NBA entertainment, I think, from a league standpoint, was uh, a big focal point. And do you have a favorite arena that you like to schedule games in? Again, your, your list includes, like I said, Greensboro Coliseum, Ben Skewers Wellness Arena, U.S. Cellular Center. I mean, you have a lot of arenas that you've scheduled these games in. Do you have a favorite one that you like so much uh that's a great question i mean i think just you know one of the great things about being in the carolinas is that there's kind of this you know great relationship across all arenas of of working together and you know i've kind of made some great contacts at those other arenas and they've really helped us put on the true hornets experience um so it'd be tough for me to pick just one i will tell you though i'm really excited about this one uh, you know dean smith center somewhere we i've wanted to go um, you know, since I got here, I got here in 2009, just with the history and the fans being as, as active as they are, the atmosphere at that game is going to be probably unlike anything we've seen uh, recently at, at any of our preseason games. Jason, how has your job adapted in scheduling these types of games in different arenas as the years have gone on? Again, you said you've been with the organization for nine years. So oh, what's changed since you've gone in, uh, to this job with the Charlotte Hornets? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some a learning curve the first few years. You know, you kind of take for granted some of the things that you have here um, and just putting on 41 or 43 home games 
your arena staff is just used to the atmosphere and the flow of a game. We'll go to some arenas where, you know, they don't have a basketball team of any kind, whether it be college or anything else. So this is truly their only basketball experience. So from the ushers to the camera folks, it's really kind of training them on how the game flows and, and what the timeout situations are like and what our kind of atmosphere that we go for and, and how we kind of program our timeouts and everything else. It's really just kind of teaching up to them about what the NBA and, and the Hornets experience more specifically is like. Um, so we've kind of, you know, since this is probably about the tenth time I've done this now, gotten to a good rhythm with uh, working with other arenas and Again, really excited just about the Dean Smith Center with, you know, the Tar Heels, you know, game experience is, is one of the best in college basketball. And, you know, working with their folks to kind of um, blend that in with our Hornets experience is going to be fantastic. Absolutely. The Dean E. Smith Center is one of the most legendary in all of college basketball. And the Charlotte Hornets will be there for training camp through the 25th through the 27th. And they will play that game at the Dean E. Smith Center September 28th against the Boston Celtics. Once again, that was Charlotte Hornets Senior Director of Event Presentation, Jason and Simon. Jason, thanks so much once again for joining the pod. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Walker. All right. Thanks so much. And tickets are on sale as we speak for that game against the Boston Celtics on September 28th. Once again, you can go right now to Hornets.com. There's a couple of different ways you can get your tickets. You can get your tickets online at Hornets.com or you can get them at the UNC ticket office. Tickets start as low as $17.50. Again, just over $17. So if you want to go to a legendary college basketball stadium, watch the Hornets play for their first time in Chapel Hill since 2006, and see some of the best Hornets of all time during the franchise's 30th year anniversary, it sounds like a pretty sweet deal. And if you're a college student, you get a special discount. So just more savings added on to that to what should be a fun time in Chapel Hill. So once again, thank you to the Senior Director of Event Presentation, Jason Simon. We'll take a quick break and come back with some news on Tony Parker. His contract, it turns out to be a little different than previously thought. Stick around on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Now, here's the funny part. I was listening to this to prep it for the show, and um, my wife walks in and was like, what are you listening to? That's a little scary if if you don't have the context. If you walk in and you start hearing that, that's Darth Vader. I didn't have pants on. That didn't Um, It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Hornets. Again, you can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson, LOH, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. Speaking of Nada the Scribe, I was hanging out with one of my friends this weekend, and he said he enjoyed listening to the podcast a lot. He said we have fun, and he said we give good information, and just buttering me up, I guess. But he did say that he, he did like listening to it, and... As we were just hanging out later on that day, didn't say anything else, just said that he liked it. And it wasn't some long conversation, but just said that he liked it. And then we're just hanging out <laughs> later on in the day. And my friend, he goes, I don't, I don't know what I didn't like. I, there, there was something 
that I didn't like, or whether it was a game or some type of food, I forget what it was. But all of a sudden, he said, you uncultured savage. <laughs> not as in people's heads, folks. Nada is getting my friends around me to call me an uncultured savage. And this tab is going to be something that I feel like is not going to be all that infrequent to hear. So thank you to Nada. Nada is still around me even when he's not around me. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockedOnSports.com to check out all of our podcasts on the NBA, NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. So we talked a lot of point guards last podcast, including Tony Parker, because of the new information we got from James Borrego, that he'd just be playing 12 to 14 minutes per game. We're still in the dark, I believe, on Devontae Graham's Condolar lesion, and we just have no clue when he's going to come back. It seemed like James Borrego on the Jerry V show, I believe, uh, last week said we would be able to find out. I think Friday is when we were going to be able to find out. But Certainly haven't found anything out yet, at least I don't think so, about Devontae Graham and whether he'll be back sooner than later or what kind of timetable we expect from him. But Tony Parker is a guy, again, that uh, was brought in to play 12 to 14 minutes per game, according to James Borrego on the Woj Pod. And that deal is now officially done. Mitch Kupchak and Tony Parker, both those parties, officially getting that contract out of the way. But some news to it. Uh, we had been told, that it would be a two-year contract worth $10 million total, $5 million apiece. But now this new information that comes out is that Tony Parker actually signed a one-year deal with a team option, and that team option, if the Charlotte Hornets opts in, then Tony Parker is going to be making $5.25 million. So it's a two-year deal worth $10.25 million dollars, but we do have a team option in that second deal here in Charlotte. So I think that makes a lot of difference. I think if you had any kind of skepticism about this signing at all, I think this helps you out a little bit. It seems, and I saw Nada tweet this out, I, I agree with them. I think this is some kind of insurance on Devontae Graham because remember, you know, this is not just some normal second round pick. I, I like Devontae Graham a lot, but I, I think you can see that this is not some normal second round pick and the fact that Mitch Kupchak traded up a couple spots to go get him. He traded up a couple, and not more than a couple spots, he traded a couple of second-round picks, but he traded up pretty high to go get Devontae Graham. And again, he's just a few spots out of being drafted in the first round. We saw in Summer League how good Graham was. So now Tony Parker comes in averaging, we at least we think, that few of minutes of what Borrego said. It opens the door for maybe Malik Monk at backup point guard a little bit. It opens the door for Devontae Graham to get in the rotation a little bit. But now that you have a team option, and let's say Graham does pretty well his rookie season, and you see some improvement from him in the future, and you don't want to tie $5 million to a very aging point guard whose best play has far, far past him, then you can get rid of him. Or what you have now is a very tradable contract. It used to be tradable even with the $5 million included, bar none. But now that it's a deal that you don't have included with a definite hit in the second year, all of a sudden that contract becomes more valuable to teams trying to go get a more experienced point guard to go make a playoff run. Because then all of a sudden you're saying, hey, let's go get Tony Parker. It's someone that has all of this experience. He's got a couple of championships under his belt. And 
we can just get rid of him at the end of the season. He can be a rental. You can think of it as the Mo Williams experiment here in Charlotte where the Hornets wanted to go get a veteran point guard. Mo Williams comes in, certainly a better signing for the Hornets at the time, but it's that same kind of thing. You can get Mo Williams on a rental for a little bit. He comes, helps you out. You don't re-sign him, and you part ways. That's what another team could possibly do for the Charlotte Hornets. So if Devontae Graham does well, then you can absolutely trade that contract. Or if Devontae Graham needs a little bit more seasoning than we really thought and maybe isn't going to improve like they originally thought, you can bring back Tony Parker that second season. You guys know how a team option works. I just think it's a very good niche thrown in there. It's a very good factor thrown into this contract because I think a lot of people had a hard time paying Tony Parker $10 million total when you could have gotten a Shelvin Mack on a one-year deal, where you could have gotten a Shabazz Napier on a one-year deal. But now Tony Parker is on a one-year deal as long as the Hornets want it to be. And if they don't, they have that option as well. So I think this has to make you feel a lot better about bringing in Tony Parker as a backup point guard for the Charlotte Hornets team. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. You can get double entries into our contest and access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. Stick around on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We'll be back with more on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're going to talk about Jim or Jay Larinaga and James Borrego. Should get the first two. name. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that one I should get. Actually, his real name is James, but they call him Jay. We'll call him Jay too. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Walker Mail going solo once again today. We will be joined by Doug Branson and Nada Edwards again on Thursday. It's been a while since we've done a show together. I was on vacation for a couple of days, so I missed the show on Tuesday. They missed the show that I had to put out on Friday. It was a busy day for busy week for me as well with ACC Media Days, but they are swamped doing some other things right now. So they will be back on Thursday, though. They said they have a clear slate. They've got a clear schedule. We will be able to talk some Charlotte Hornets and other things like the Matt Geiger fact of the day that you've been deprived of, my Charlotte Hornets list that you've been deprived of, still sitting on 18. I think you guys are going to like 18. I wanted to get it out. I wanted to get it out on Friday. I want to get it out today, to be honest with you, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for Nada's criticism. I'm going to wait for Doug to... Pretty much buy-in. Feel like he's been feeling my list here recently. And we've got to give you Doug's best beers in Charlotte history, the top 30 Charlotte beers of all time, according to Doug Branson, except not so much really according to Mike McKenzie. So with the focus being on training camp in Chapel Hill this pod, talking with Jason Simon, the senior director of event presentation. Also, we got some other news surrounding training camp for the Charlotte Hornets in Chapel Hill. According to Michael Scotto of The Athletic, 
the Charlotte Hornets have agreed to a training camp deal with Isaiah Wilkins, and this news coming in over the weekend. So the Charlotte Hornets have agreed to a training camp deal with Isaiah Wilkins, the former Virginia Cavalier. He was an ACC Defensive Player of the Year, so that being his bread and butter, surprise, he played for the Cavaliers. Of course, defensive ability is his bread and butter. So he'll look to make the team, make an impression with the Charlotte Hornets in Chapel Hill. The stats looked like six points per game for him in Virginia. Six and a half rebounds, 6.2, I should say. 1.6 assists, 1.4 blocks. 1.2 steals for the University of Virginia. He also shot 48.5% from the field. Not a very good three-point shooter, just 17.6% from three, uh, but a pretty good free-throw shooter, 75% from the free-throw line. So Isaiah Wilkins being a big part of their defensive mindset with the Cavaliers playing under Tony Bennett. So he'll get a look for the Charlotte Hornets. He'll be along those guys like a Joe Cheely. I wonder if he could possibly make that roster as a backup point guard. Also, J.B. McCurra. Uh, a two-way contract player for the Charlotte Hornets. So he'll probably be in that mix where it'll be tough for him to make this roster. But who knows? If the defensive ability shines and he's able to play defense like he did at Virginia, perhaps he makes a little magic happen and is able to play at least with the D-League squad uh, with the Greensboro Swarm. All right, that'll do it for today's pod. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search Locked On Hornets. Again, we'll have Doug Branson and Not Edwards back at the Gittimer.com studios on Thursday. The band will be back together. So once again, join us Thursday, and we'll be back to talk to you. Talk to you in just a couple of days. Thanks again for listening.